Welcome to another Star Wars podcast. Before we get into the show, I'd like to ask you to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please click the bell on the notifications tab so you know when our videos are coming out. If you're new, welcome. If you're rejoining us, welcome to you too. And please go to follow our other social media channels at Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at star underscore wars underscore pod. Or you can email us at another Star Wars pod at gmail.com. Let's get to the show. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another Star Wars podcast, Book of Boba Fett Breakdown series. I'm your host, Melissa. And I'm your host, Matt. And today we are going to be reviewing the Book of Boba Fett season one, episode seven, season finale. And then I think we should just talk about the series as a whole, because now we have the full picture and we can break it down. And there's a lot to talk about <laughs> with this episode. But first, before we jump in, let's talk about some fun Star Wars news because there definitely was some news this week that I think we should we should probably talk about first. And I know you have a lot of thoughts on the episode, as do I. <laughs> but uh, there was some cool news coming out uh, this week that I feel like we should discuss. Let bring it on, Matt. Let's hear it. What's the news? All right, great. Uh, let me pull it up. One sec. You can edit this out. What happened to my notes on that? Oh, couple things. So number one. This one's a very positive note, but John Williams just turned 90. So I love this, and this is worthy of bringing up because John Williams is one of the best composers of all time, in my opinion. He is such a game changer in terms of uh, film composition and Mm -hmm. adding that extra element to film to really bring the stories together and make you feel something. And I'm a huge fan of his. I always have been. When you're a kid... It's it's really impactful that the music going behind every TV show and movie that was impactful for you. It really brings the emotion together. And I think Star Wars was one of those first movies for a lot of us that, you know, resonated um, and, and brought that story together. Uh, it's one of the most iconic movie scores of all time, and it continues to be. Um, and he deserves a major shout out that and Indiana Jones and, and everything else that he's done is just really impressive. But specifically for Star Wars, I think it's something that can be often overlooked um, when you're watching a movie. The score brings such an emotional element to certain scenes. And sometimes you don't really know why it is like if you were to take his music out of, of Star Wars, like we take out the Imperial theme or you take out the main Star Wars theme or binary sunset, any of that stuff, those scenes don't hit as hard. And so I have a deep, deep appreciation for film composers and John Williams is up there on the top for me. Um, other shout outs would be Hans Zimmer, of course, and James Horner and Howard Shore. But John Williams is a pioneer in that space. So I wanted to, to bring that up. Happy birthday, John Williams. Uh, he probably doesn't have a ton of years left on this earth, but his impact has been amazing. So that's exciting Star Wars news. So I'm happy to to wish him a happy birthday. It's extremely well said. And I'm glad you brought that up because that wasn't actually on my list of Star Wars news. So I'm a little bit of a silly goose for not thinking to put that on there. But he's definitely the heart and soul of Star Wars. And I totally agree with you. It's like if you take his music out of the films, Star Wars isn't what it is today. I mean, like the Han and Leia theme, Princess Leia's theme, Luke's theme, which is essentially just, you know, the binary sunset theme, uh, all of those amazing elements of just the music in star Wars is so integral to the success of it. So yeah. Happy birthday, John Williams. God bless you for your music. I am absolutely obsessed with it. 
And thank you for your contributions to Star Wars. Yeah, we should do a whole episode on 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 John Williams' um, music and Star Wars because that's how impactful I think it is. I did a little bit on my my other show a while back about um, you know Star Wars and the music behind it, and there's a lot of interesting things there of where he got his inspiration. Um, yes, because you um, you can see who he kind of borrowed ideas from when he, <laughs> he was writing the Star Wars um, score. Um, the main one being the planets is what it's called. Uh, I don't remember who who it's by, but it's a a large movement by some some classical composer that he took a lot of elements from, but you could you can really get in deep to what he took for what, and it's it's just very interesting, um, and he's very unique in in the way he composes. It's very it's a very distinct sound, and it doesn't only really cover Star Wars, but you know, but those those, those other movies too, like Jurassic Park and, and all that. So happy birthday, John Williams. We love you. We do. We love uh, you very much. Um, <laughs> so and there's other great Star Wars composers now too, which is awesome, but um. Special shout out to him. The other thing I wanted to bring up, I'm, I'm not sure if you saw this, but I saw breaking news. Rupert Friend is going to be playing the Grand Inquisitor in the Obi-Wan. Yeah, this? this is very exciting. I did see this. The original actor in Star Wars Rebels for the Grand Inquisitor, I believe, was Jason Isaac. He did an amazing job. He made that character really intimidating and threatening and just very scary and i loved that character i thought it was a great addition to the star wars universe and the concept just of the inquisitors is a great idea overall like these dark side force sensitive users to serve darth vader this makes a ton of sense i don't know if disney has confirmed this but i think it's pretty safe to say that it's probably accurate given that we've had all these other casting announcements for um ahsoka specifically so this this makes me really excited i think the grand inquisitor being an obi-wan kenobi makes a lot of sense given that this time period is a time where vader's essentially trying to kill off any remaining traces of jedi in the galaxy so this makes a lot of sense to me i also heard that we're going to get the fifth brother in kenobi so i have a feeling that the grand inquisitor is probably going to be the one to dispatch the fifth brother to pursue obi-wan so that opens up a lot of potential and i'm very excited about that especially because that's another animated character that we get brought into live action so i'm very excited about it yeah i mean the grand inquisitors i mean the inquisitors in general uh are cool characters that we haven't really seen in mainstream star wars content so i'm it's good to see that they're going to be brought into this so i'm excited to see some live action uh inquisitors and they play a main part in um jedi fallen order too which i thought they did an excellent job with while making that game some really interesting storylines so that's some exciting news. Um, and then on top of that, the big news, the big news, the, <laughs> um, Obi-Wan Kenobi poster, the uh, promotional poster came out and oh my gosh, like wait, you texted me this and I was like, oh my God, is that real? <laughs> I've, been, I've seen so much, like there's been so many fake things going around in the last couple of years, like fake trailers and fake posters right. and all this. And like, I didn't know if that was, I'm like, whoever made this did a great job. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, that's real. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that. But we get the release date, May yes. 25th. It's yep. the official release date. We get yeah. Kenobi this year. I don't, this feels surreal to me because yeah. I, I feel like two years ago, we were just like, oh my gosh, what's the potential? When is it coming out? Are we going to get it sooner rather than later? Is it going to be five years from now? But this is it, guys. We are in the year of Kenobi. And not only that, it's only like three months away, which is nothing. I know. So it means <laughs> potential trailer coming soon you you mentioned maybe the super bowl which i think is a very likely possibility 
Um, but either way, I think in the next couple of weeks, we're going to see a trailer. So that has unbelievable hype. I've been waiting for this show forever. There's been rumors of them making an Obi-Wan show for years, years. So to finally see a, a poster for it is just like amazing hype, super exciting. And it means it's, it's happening. It's, it's happening. happening. The Ron Paul <laughs> meme. Ah, it's happening. <laughs> I, on top of that, I, I just have a couple of things I want to add in the poster. Um, and this is me reading into every single detail, but I yep. think Obi-Wan is holding Anakin's lightsaber in he the sure poster. Is. It looks like it. It's definitely not his lightsaber. Um, we know what his looks like, and it's very distinctive on the hilt, the um, the top of it there. It's very similar to, to Luke's. Um, uh, I don't know what the top of the lightsaber is called. Sorry, someone correct me in the comments. But <laughs> but yeah, I think you're right. I think it is, well, Luke or technically Anakin's lightsaber. Uh so that's like, ooh, dude, I'm just so excited for this. Like the hype around it's just amazing. Um, we know that there's going to be some kind of flashbacks with Anakin and Obi-Wan. Like they talked about working together like that. There's obviously going to be a showdown between the two. And then the cool stuff in between, like him watching after Luke, the Inquisitors. It's like, oh, like I, I'm, I'm putting a lot of faith into this and I, I'm trusting that they're going to do it right. So I'm super, super excited. I'm definitely pumped. Same as well. I I will explain this at the end. I'm a little nervous just because I feel like this is one show that I don't think they can afford to screw up. And I think they're aware of this. I think they know how much the fans want this and they want it to be good and they want the story to be good. I'm nervous, but it's like a good nervous. Uh, and on top right. of that, did you see the the interview that they just released with Ewan McGregor? I think it was on IGN.com. I don't think so. So they did an interview with him and he talked about in the interview, he said, I don't think, and I'm paraphrasing, I will post the interview uh, below so you guys can read. But he basically said something along the lines of like when the prequels for, first came out, they did not get a glowing review and he heard it like all the bad stuff more often than not of the good. And he said, one of the great elements about this upcoming show is he's like, he's like the kids that the prequels were made for are now adults. And this was their star Wars. This was their experience growing up. And to see them be so excited for us is just incredibly rewarding is how he described it. And then he went on to say that, like he said, it's no secret that Hayden and I did flashbacks as, Obi-Wan and Anakin and so I'm really looking forward for our audience to see that and I read it and I was like oh my god he's even hyped up and so to hear him talking about this and the fact that it's coming around the corner so soon is just like absolutely surreal to me I know and the timing's perfect like Revenge of the Sith was, was almost 20 years ago oh no it wasn't not quite it was uh 2005 is when it came out so it's like 17 18 years ago yeah, we're, we're getting on on 20 years so it's like the timing's perfect for both characters in terms of age and all that so um, it definitely is kind of surreal that this is coming out. The one thing that makes me feel really positive about this, and I'll, I'll also get into this later, but Deborah Chow directing the entire series, which makes a really big difference because that means that her creative vision can be spread across the entire series and every episode, which means that it's going to be a lot more cohesive than maybe what we're used to with Mando or with Book of Boba Fett, where you have different directors coming in. I'm personally a fan of having one director do everything because that way they can have more creative control over what the story is going to be over the entire season. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that makes me really excited is that she's a great director. She has all the episodes that she's going to be doing. So that also makes me excited for this. And I'm, I'm, I don't think they're going to let us down. Yeah, I have, I have high hopes, but I also have faith because it looks like they've been working on this for a while. So nothing but positive vibes from here on out. Just pos manifest positivity vibes, Matt. 
We got this. It'll be great. I just released the trailer, Disney. <laughs> yeah, release it already. God. I'm too excited. Uh, okay. The last, the last thing I wanted to bring up, actually, just real quick, this is just a quick note, but there was um after the episode last week and our introduction to Cad Bane, you got to love Star Wars fans. You can love them and hate them. There's, there's some great things about them. Sometimes they can be negative Nancys and... Um, and whatnot, but I think for the most part, it's, it's all positive. It's a good community. And one of those things that's great about it is the initiative they take. Like, look at someone like Shamook and like redoing Luke to make it better. You know, they, they, they use their talents in, in fun ways. And um, they did the same thing with Cad Bane um, last week. Uh, I think it was Cinematic Captures is the one who, who did some kind of reanimation of, of Cad Bane. It's really cool. Some people thought it was like, Hey, why, how dare you do this? Like, they're, how are you not happy with the way they did it? I don't know. I thought it was a cool thing. They, they animated it to look more like Cad Bane from Clone Wars and Bad Batch and whatnot. So I thought it was cool. It was like a really, I don't know if you saw that, but like they did some, some reanimation there, which I thought was very impressive because they did several different versions that I thought was just kind of cool to look at, a different interpretation of how Cad Bane translates to live action. So I want to give, give them a shout out. I believe it's Cinematic Captures, but, um, you know, props to them. Yeah, actually, I'm so glad that you brought that up because I saw that edit by Cinematic Captures and I thought it was amazing, you know, because to be able to take that and then re-visualize it in a way that looks so close to like the animated counterpart is really cool. I actually, I saw the backlash that Cinematic Captures got for that and I didn't think it was fair because I just think what was going on is they saw that you know, Cad Bane looked this way in the book of Boba Fett. And they're like, oh, like, let's just reimagine what he would look like in the Clone Wars and the Bad Batch. And I thought it was a great expression of creativity. And I love seeing that stuff. So shout out to you. Um, if you're interested, you should come on our show to talk about how you do those little projects. So yeah. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to you, Cinematic Captures. That was amazing. And we will link that below if you guys want to check it out because it is really cool and the fans are so so creative and it's just fun to see their work yeah totally agree but i think that's it for the star wars news i mean that's kind of more than we've had recently but we got to bring it up we do and that was like a five minute segment we we devoted a whole five to ten minutes to that but hey i mean get pumped you guys this is our year this is the year of star wars so get pumped up no shortage of content yes so, are we ready to talk the season one finale of the Book of Boba Fett? I think we are. I All think right. We are. Do you have a summary? So, our episode seven summary for the season one finale of Book of Boba Fett is Boba Fett and Fennec Shand face an escalating conflict. The director was Robert Rodriguez and the writer was John Favreau. So, we can get into what we liked and what we didn't like about the episode. I have a very short list of, of what I liked, <laughs> and then I have a very long list of what I would like to call constructive criticism of the episode as a whole and then of the series. So what I'm thinking is we can just talk about what we liked and what we didn't like about this particular episode, and then we can get into the series overall. Yeah, sounds good. I mean, um, what what did you like? I have a I have a lot of what I like, but let's let you. So I think we're gonna I think we're gonna disagree a little bit. Yeah. Here, why don't you go first? You can you can t- actually I'll go first because I have some positive things to say. Uh, I can I can chat through <laughs> some of the things I really liked, uh, and then 
you know, you can you can go off if you'd like. Does that sound good? Yeah. Why don't we start off with the positive? I'll I'll reply to what you have to say about the positive because I I do have positive things to say, but then I can begin the talk on what I didn't uh, necessarily like. So Matt, with that said, kick off the positive. What okay. did we like? So some of the things I liked, I liked the opening scene. I thought it was really interesting um, having Cad Bane come in there. I, I thought we got some really good dialogue from him talking with the, the Pike leader. Um, it started off kind of like, ooh, tension build. And I thought it was kind of an interesting beginning to the show. We get to see more Cad Bane, which I love. And I see this, say this in my reaction video. I'm here for Cad Bane content. I want that CBC. Give it to me. And I, they delivered some good stuff at the beginning there. Um, some of that gritty Cad Bane stuff. We get some cool information and background as to who actually killed the Tuscans. Spoiler alert. It's the Pikes. Um, so I thought that was 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 really cool. I thought that the Rancor element was was nice. I didn't think they tied it in amazingly, but it was really cool to like. I thought the CG on that was very well done, and I have to give props. It was really cool to see a live action type. Like obviously it's CGI, but like the you know being in live action, a Rancor being like crazy, which I enjoyed. It was cool to see Boba, you know, riding the Rancor um, around. It was awesome seeing like Mando and. Boba Fett fighting side by side, you know, these two Mandalorians with their Beskar armor, Beskar buddies. Pew, 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 pew. So <laughs> um, I enjoyed that. It was nice to see the uh, Grogu, obviously. I didn't know we were going to see him that much, but he's like the cutest thing ever. So it's hard to not like any scene that he's in because he's the cutest little creature on earth. And the re having him re reunited with Din was great, but also, in my opinion, a little negative, which I can get to in a bit. But I did enjoy seeing him. He's wearing his chainmail. It's Amazing. For some reason, I really like Amy Sedaris's character. I'm never going to remember her name. Pili Moto. Pili Moto. There you go. I just, I, I think she's an interesting character. She has like a good, uh, like sometimes comic relief in Star Wars misses a lot. And I think a perfect example of that's in um, the Last Jedi at the very beginning scene. I think the humor at the beginning of, of that first scene of the movie is like awful. I, I thought it set the wrong tone for the movie. But like with her comedic relief, I think it's pretty well done. I think she's a good actress and I think her character kind of fits in in a weird way. So I, I, I want to give a, a shout out to, to her. So I enjoyed that. And there were some cool elements of, of the fight scene, like having Din with the, the Darksaber, I thought was, was an interesting element as well. Um, and then the showdown between the first showdown between uh, Cad Bane and Boba, really cool Western vibes there, like the spaghetti Western vibes. I love that. I love how they 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 really drive that home. And like Cad Bane's dialogue, just hearing him talk again, I'm here for it. And having them finally face each other and talk was like some of the references there. And also their second showdown, I thought was cool. I know some people didn't like the way it ended or whatever, but it was at least some interesting content to to see that on on screen and there was some some interesting you know shooting action sequences some cool cho choreography um so those are probably the main highlights for me in terms of, of of things that i liked i felt okay at the at the end of all of it like i know some people were really really critical of this episode and that's fine i know you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna get into your your thoughts but i i feel <laughs> like it I do feel a bit like more complete now that I've seen the whole season and I have a better idea of what they were trying to do. I don't necessarily think that they connected in every single way over the course of the entire season, but I'm just happy that like it does feel a bit resolved, not exactly in the way I want, but it just felt like, okay, I see the vision of what they were trying to do and I can kind of appreciate 
some scenes from other episodes now that the whole story's fleshed out. So that's my long-winded answer to to things I like. Sure. Yeah. I mean then, go ahead. The only thing I would add to that is Cobb Vance is alive. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, right. That's that's probably the main thing coming out of this episode because I feel like and maybe that's where I can spearhead our conversation into what I didn't like unless you have more to add. But the main thing for me was like, oh, thank God, Cobb is fine. Because yes, well, <laughs> the, thing, the thing for me with that, and I was going to bring that up, but I almost think it's a negative because I think they did it in the wrong way. I think the way Wait, you bring do you mean the after- story like that is you-, you, br- you bring him in with the f- people of Freetown to help save like that and they show that he's okay. Like to me, that's a little bit more of an impactful reintroduction to the character than showing it at the end. Like he's not that like, it was good to see him at the end scene, but I thought they'd have something bigger at the end scene to kind of set mm-hmm. up season two or something like that. And like, just seeing that he's alive, I'm like, great. But like, we all kind of assumed that he was alive. And I think it would have just been cooler if they brought him in with the people of Freetown, maybe in the back or something. And he's like, Hey, I'm, I'm here. And he has like his arm in a sling or something. I don't know. Nope. Totally fair. I agree. And I, I can get into this later because there's so much I want to say prior to this, but the end credit scene was definitely extremely underwhelming. It was just yes. like, really? That was, oh God. And, and you bring up a good point. I honestly thought that Cobb was going to come in with the people of Freetown and he'd be injured, you know, shot up or whatever, but he'd still be shooting alongside the people and did would have been like, whoa, what? I thought you were dead, dude. Like, and then it could have been like this whole reunion thing. So I am pretty disappointed with that. Uh, Before I get into, I don't want to say the negative. I want, I'm just going to say constructive criticism. (laughs) Do you have any other elements that you want to discuss in terms of the positive? Because the one other thing I can think of is I thought some certain shots on Cad Bane specifically with the lens flare was really awesome. Yes. And like, you know, that there's some cgi elements there but i thought like they were so focused into his face and you can barely tell and like you see his lips and his teeth and like the, sh- the cinematography that's another thing i wanted to bring up was very good in some parts of this like during their showdown like close up on cad the aerial type of shots with them standing or whatever like i thought that was a, a really cool element and I, I thought it added um a lot to the episode um so that was another thing that yeah i totally agree with you like some of those close-up shots on Cad Bane were dope. And I think some of the other shots throughout the episode were, were pretty cool too. Yeah. It's uh, and it's kind of surreal. Cause I even said this in my reaction video, which was it, it looks incredible. His mouth emoting and then like his, his eyes, cause this dude doesn't have a nose and half your expression is your nose. And to see how well he was emoting with what I believe is a really strong combination of CG and prosthetics. I just think that's a beautiful example and blend of those two elements. And I, I could not get over how well Cad Bane was emoting in this episode in particular. I was just like, Oh my God, this is unreal. Like, (laughs) and I think they got about as close as you could to to him feeling like the same character from bad batch and clone wars. I don't Mm -hmm. think he felt a hundred percent the same. I think, this character didn't emote the same way in just his body language as he does in Clone Wars and Bad Batch. He's just a little bit more laid back in those. He seemed a little bit more tense to me throughout these last two episodes. But you know what I mean? He's like kind of more relaxed and like, oh, I'm, everything's under control kind of guy. You know, mm-hmm. he has a toothpick in his mouth and all that stuff. But that's not really a criticism. It's just like I think they did a, they did about as good as you probably could have done translating that character 
to, you know, live action screen. Right. And it, and it was for all intents and purposes, very impressive how they were able to do that. Because upon first glance, you look at him and you're like, okay, that's weird. But you're also seeing him in CG or excuse me. You're also seeing him in live action for the first time. So it's kind of bizarre because your mind is so in tune to one way of seeing a character. But then as it went on, especially in this episode, I was like, yeah, that's Cad Bane. I was like, yep, that's him. That one scene where he was talking to the Pikes and he goes, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. like, oh my God. Okay. First off, Corey Burton is amazing. Like this guy is one of the pillars of voice acting. He does all of the stuff for like the rides at Disney. I believe he was like in the original Transformers series. So this guy is like an original pillar of voice acting, but like the life that he brings to Cad Bane is unparalleled. It's unmatched. They could not have picked a better guy to bring this character to life. So Corey Burton, you are amazing dude. And your work is incredible, but basically everything with Cad Bane in this episode save for a few elements, which will lead us into the negative, uh, was great. He's he's amazing. He And I loved his presence. I love the chill. I get down my spine whenever he walks into a room. It's just, yes, that character is just the epitome of yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, let's not call it negative. Let's call it constructive criticism because yes. that's what it is at the end of the day. And before we get into some of our constructive criticism about this episode, like, again, People feel so strongly. They either love some of these things or they feel Mm. very hateful about some of these things. Just a quick note. This is the point of watching works of art, which is what this is. Like watching TV is a form of art and you can interpret it in different ways. And if some people are like, oh yeah, if you like that, great. You like it. I'm not going to be mad at you for liking it. Just like you shouldn't be mad at me for not liking, not liking some elements of the show. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like that's the point of watching it. We get to have these discussions. So I think it's an important thing like and Star Wars fandom and fandom in general for other things has helped shape the way some TV shows are made and how some movies are made because of the feedback that is given online and and so forth. And that's something that couldn't happen 30 years ago. So it's actually kind of a cool element, like being able to give your perspective and kind of crowdsource as a whole to like put your feedback in and the, the production studios listen like in a lot of cases they'll be like with Sonic, for example. Yeah, I don't know, but like people hated the way Sonic looked in the trailer. <laughs> they went back and did the whole thing and made him look better. Like, so it's important to give like feedback. If it's something you don't 100% like, like, yeah, talk about it. Yeah, it's not, not like I'm saying like, oh, I'm never watching Star Wars. And I think one of the things about this is looking at the entire season as a whole is I'm like, I'm so stoked we got another season of Star Wars stuff. Like there was some awesome, amazing Star Wars content in the last seven episodes we got to see. Um, but there was also some stinky bits and I'm like, Ooh, probably could have done without that. But I like, it doesn't make the whole thing suck. It doesn't ruin star Wars for me by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Well said. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Like when I critique, I don't critique just to complain nor incite what a lot of star Wars fans call toxicity in fandom. I critique because I feel like I owe my honesty to people. And if I'm not being honest with, you know, other people or the fandom, I'm not being authentic. And if I'm not being authentic, what the heck is the point? You know, and and I feel like media needs to be critiqued for the exact reason you said. I mean, there is such a thing as 
a story being well-written versus a badly written story or elements that may have missed or elements that may have done really well. They exist. There's like good and bad parts of story. Critiquing them does not mean that like, I hate it. This person should go kill themselves or uh, never get the opportunity to do anything again. It's like, that's not what we're saying here. (laughs) We're just saying that with the bigger picture in mind, as as we see, like with Book of Boba Fett, for example, it's we're going to have things to say. And not all of them are going to be good, but that doesn't mean that we hate the franchise. We just want it to be as good as it can be. And it's coming from a place of love at the end of the day, not hatred. (laughs) Well, also, too, the characters mean different things to different people. Right. Like you have mm. different connections to different characters based on your personal experience with them growing up and whatnot. And this is such a this this franchise is so deeply rooted in so many people that you connect with. Like some people really connect with Boba Fett, like from the original trilogy. I never understood that, honestly, because he has so little screen time. But like if they're super excited to watch the show, they get to watch it. They got to get everything they wanted out of Boba Fett this season. Great. That's awesome. You know, I didn't have that same kind of connection with Boba. So I had less expectation going in, but I did have an idea of like. Ooh, this would be cool if they did that. It's just my personal opinion on like how I think it could potentially go. It doesn't mean it's necessarily right. It's just my opinion of what I would have enjoyed the most. And that's what we're expressing at the end of the day is like what we would have liked to see, which is like that's the whole fun part about discussing these shows is talk, theorizing and being like, oh, if this happened, oh, wouldn't that be cool? And you're like, oh, yeah, or m- maybe this happened. That would be really cool. Mm-hmm. you know. So I think with that being said, why don't you tell me some of the things that maybe you would have changed in this episode? Uh, first things first, there in general in this episode, there was a lot of cheesy dialogue and cheesy camera shots. Yep. And I think you know what I am referring to. Uh, case in point, the mods, <laughs> which I'm sorry, you guys, I I respect the concept. I think it's a good concept with a very, very flawed execution. I cannot take these guys seriously. Every time they come on the screen, I just feel like I'm taken out of the episode and it feels like I'm watching an entirely different piece of media. There are a lot of like cheesy dialogue moments, like when Fennec like saves all of the mods and she jumps down, there's like a bunch of cheesy like thwip, thwip sound effects. And then she lands. And then that one mod chick, Scad or whatever her name is, or Drash, which, whichever one is which, I don't know which one's which. She goes, thank you. And Fennec is like, manners, I like it. <laughs> and then drives away. And I was sitting here, I was like, oh my God, that felt like something taken out of a spy case movie. <laughs> like, yeah. It was so, it was so, so cheesy. Or that one guy with the like robotic eye doing that random spin twirl for no reason at all. Hey, I yeah. love the twirl. <laughs> I love the twirl. It was the most unintentionally funny like thing I think I've ever seen in a movie. I was just it. I loved it. It was so funny and like totally unnecessary. But I haven't laughed that hard during like a TV episode like in a long time. <laughs> like what? What? Okay, here's the thing: is people were like, "Oh, you can't make fun of it because." Star Wars has stupid twirls all the time, like Obi-Wan and Anakin flipping their lightsabers at each other for no reason. Or, yeah, like, guys, I get that. I understand. And I get that Jedi do stupid jumps, and there's a lot of, like, dumb-looking moves in Star Wars. But the thing with this guy doing his twirl is that there was no point to it. Like, if somebody had been firing at him and he's like, I'm going to dodge it out of the way, it still would have been cheesy, but it would have had 
purpose. It just felt so right. random and so unnecessary. And it's like, and I think that captured my problem with the mods is that I can't take them seriously. It's like yeah, they so bring the seriousness of the episode down. <laughs> so let's talk about the twirl. Let's get into the twirl because this was, I want to dive deep into the twirl. It, it brings out a couple of things about the show that um, I think are worth discussing. Okay. And when you bring in that, um, the element of like, oh yeah, I mean, I've heard this criticism too. Yeah. Well, Obi-Wan did a stupid twirl in New Hope. Yes, I know he did. Of course he did. <laughs> the difference here is that in the seventies version of Star Wars, we hadn't made many sci-fi movies like that. That's why it was so groundbreaking. That's why it was so successful. We hadn't seen anything like this yet. There was no, mm -hmm. there was nothing to base uh, like anything off. It was so, such an original thing that like, of course it's going to be clunky. That whole movie is kind of like corny and cheesy, but that's part of the charm of it because of the time period it was in. We're in a mm -hmm. different time period now with thousands of, of not, like millions and millions of other movies that have been made. I don't know millions. I don't know what I'm talking about. I have no many idea. I have no idea how many movies exist, but there's a lot and there's a lot to go off of. And there's certain things and, and elements that you can bring in um, that, that still work. And it was just the execution of it. I'm not against someone doing a twirl. I, in fact, I love that twirl because it made me laugh really hard, but it's not, they're not the same thing. You're comparing two different things. And like, it's a Jedi fighting with a lightsaber, which is like, it, there's an artistic element to it, right? Like with Obi-Wan and Anakin spinning them behind them, by the way, there is an explanation for that. Like when you fight with lightsabers, you're kind of feeling the force and like you're you're going against the energy of the other person. And Obi-Wan trained Anakin, so they have very similar moves. And so they kind of can't got into a stalemate there of who's going to hit next. Like that's mm -hmm. an explanation for that. The flips and stuff, it's an artistic thing being a Jedi. It looks cool to do flips and stuff. If you're just a guy with a gun, <laughs> like Han doesn't do any spins. Like... <laughs> Um, and so that's, that's one element, but the other thing is like, I, I think it's the execution here. Like, it was just the way it was shot, like the, the angle and like the guy who did it. And, and it is very spy kidsy, which funny enough, I wonder who directed spy kids, uh, hmm, Robert, <laughs> you know, Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez. So of course it's going to feel that way. You know what I mean? Um, I don't like, I don't hate it. <laughs> stretch of the imagination. Is it stupid and like a little cringy maybe, but like, whatever I, like i thought there was stuff that i could be way more critical about um but i think it was just in indicative of 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 other elements that were in the show that probably shouldn't have been there one of them being um the flipping noises and i said this in my reaction <laughs> video too, like, whoosh, 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 whoosh. it's like sounds like a power rangers thing like it sounds like a like a saturday morning power rangers like whoosh. i can't st i can't stop laughing <laughs> that's, what, that's what it is um, so like the twirl and people are making fun of it because it's a funny thing. Like I'm not seriously going, Oh, that dang twirl. <laughs> like people are on Twitter because it's a funny thing, dude. We all recognize it. It's funny. You can love the twirl and try to take it seriously, <laughs> but no one's actually sitting here angry at the twirl. Like I loved the twirl, but it wasn't because I thought it fit into the episode. I just loved it because it was like, that is unnecessary. <laughs> like, so unnecessary. I have to tell you that was like, so for those who don't know, I actually edit both mine and Matt's reaction videos. And I got to that part and I started losing my mind because Matt was losing his mind. And if you have not watched Matt's reaction video, I think that's one of the funniest reactions I've ever seen somebody had to, like, to something in Star Wars because it's so genuine and just so unexpected. I was like crying. Um, I was almost <laughs> crying laughing. Uh, but at like the end of the day, it's like elements like that in this show 
are were a swing and a miss. I think they brought, I think the mods brought the quality of the episode down. And in my opinion, I don't think they added any value to the story. You know, if no, but they could have, they and could I have what yes. they were trying to do. Now that I've seen all this, I get it. And someone put, I don't remember who commented on our YouTube page, but someone commented why they like the mods. And I appreciate that comment. Whoever you are, I could look you up and give you a shout out. But um, what they had said was like, oh, they're bringing younger characters to start, like really young, like teenage or like young 20s characters to star wars which i'm like that's cool and, and i i get that that would be awesome if we because they haven't really been represented in star wars that like age group of like you know these kind of kids i just thought the execution wasn't there um i just thought their dialogue was written poorly it's not the actor's fault i mean you can only do so much with bad dialogue and like the setup of a shot and whatnot but i think the twirl <laughs> really um kind of it kind of brought that element of cheesiness to light one of the problems with the mods and like i i do i I get what they were trying to do with those characters i just don't think it landed and they were hard Mm -hmm. to like and like i think so many people would agree with that and like it's a swing and a miss you can't you can't hit them all you know what i mean i mean a lot of people hated the ewoks right like in return of the jedi people hated the ewoks i i thought they were funny and interesting and cool and like (laughs) they are cheesy and corny that doesn't mean i hate them and it ruins star wars right and a lot of people hated jar jar binks too i I remember being a kid after that came out and i was like he's funny like yeah he's stupid looking back on it now (laughs) but he doesn't ruin star wars for me it's like it's a swing and a miss you know what I mean? And that's that's kind of part of Star Wars. You have to try these new things because you're in this crazy galaxy with these aliens and like force users and all this crazy sci-fi stuff. Like you got to try different stuff and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Well said. Well said. Twirl guy, we appreciate you, but... Uh... Yeah, nothing against the actor. <laughs> I also thought it, it, with that guy too, like another Spy Kids moment is with his like eye thing where it's like... And it like he could see her fine. From the ground, and she's like going up there to shoot the people, and it's like, "Ooh, I'm gonna focus in." And he's like, "Yeah, she's up there. We're in place." And I'm like, "You, you needed to use your eye zoom thing for that." It's like it reminds me of, of the, in Spy Kids when he has the glasses and it goes, you know, and he has like, yeah, yeah, glasses. oh, totally. That's what it was. That's literally what it was. Oh, okay. Well, this has been our segment on Twirl Guy. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I wanted to make a whole segment on the Twirl because it. Well, probably the highlight of the episode for me. For me. <laughs> uh, if you guys did not see Matt's reaction video, please go watch it. That is one of the funniest reactions I think I've seen in any of Matt's videos. So please check that out. Also, the the TikTok I posted of the office clip. I hope yeah. you guys enjoyed that. It is all in good fun. Don't take it seriously. It's just constructive criticism. Okay, I mean, criticism. It's just a comparison we're making to another funny TV show. Maybe you can just clip it in right here and they can watch it. Lose the twirl. <laughs> yeah, lose the, lose the twirl. Other, I don't even know how we got on this tangent, but I guess we're oh, on because it. Because it's um, a big part of the, the show. <laughs> that was like the crux of the show. I mean, the twirl was a great thing, and we have we had to talk about the twirl. Fair enough. The next thing is, and uh, I did feel like the episode was all action and not super story-driven, which is a really big miss for me because I think if your action is overtaking your story, it's A, easy to get bored, which I will admit I did get pretty bored. Uh, especially during the fight scenes in this episode, because it went on for so long. <laughs> and I was like, can we get back to Boba? Can we get back to Bane? And yeah, we got like 20 seconds of it, but I feel like the action kind of ate up the story, which was a a problem for me. Um, I also felt like 
there, there were a lot of cool flashy moments like we discussed, like Boba and Din fighting back to back, the Rancor, um, you know, the the explosions and the Cad Bane and Boba stuff, but I it, it just felt like there was no climax to it. It was like, here's a bunch of action moments, bam, 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 bam. But I didn't really feel any buildup and then like conclusion. And I feel like a lot of that had to do with the, again, direction. Um, No disrespect to Robert Rodriguez, but he has done my least favorite work, not only in like this show, um, but just like kind of in general within Star Wars. I don't think his direct directorial style has been my favorite and that's okay i just feel like he's a little bit more action focused where i crave story but that's just me in particular i agree and i think kind of on that note like one thing about a tv show a star wars tv show that is so interesting to me and this is what i'm hoping we get from obi-wan a little bit i don't want all action i want some drama behind it where you have to pay attention to the dialogue and understand what because understand the plot because that's what george lucas did with all the prequels he has the political plot behind it and like Watching those movies now, when I was a kid, it was kind of boring. But now I watch them, and I'm like, this is actually a really good setup. Like, some of the things he throws in here of Palpatine's, like, rise to power and those little scenes in the Senate and whatnot and talking about the politics behind everything was mm-hmm. really cool. And that's a really interesting element you could explore with a TV show. And I think overall with this show, they didn't explore it quite as much as I would have liked them to. And this episode really highlighted that, I think. So I, I, I totally agree with your point there. Yeah, that's that's just a tiny element, but I feel like we need to get into my major criticism with the show, if you're ready for this, which is the seemingly end of Cad Bane and his story arc. So I do want to delve into this because this is probably the biggest talking point for me personally. I don't get what the point was of bringing Cad Bane in in a very badass way in the prior episode only to kill him in this episode. And I use the word kill right now because this is going to play into our theories section at the end, which is I think there's potential for Cad Bane to still be alive. And we can talk about that at the end. But here right now, I'm just going to refer to as dead because that's the impression that we have right now. There was so much potential with that character and to build the drama and the weight between him and Boba Fett so that when Boba does kill him or gut him through the stomach, there would be weight to that and it would feel very earned. And then you're like, okay, bam, that story done. A lot of people commented on my reaction video after I got done watching this episode and I expressed my frustration at the death of Cad Bane. And they said, oh, well, he was going to die at some point. Oh, well, you got to get over that. Oh, you got to get over your attachment. I don't care that he died. The issue for me is not that he died. The issue is that they took this amazing character with all this backstory with Boba Fett, which, by the way, is pretty much based on an unfinished reel of the Clone Wars. They had such an amazing opportunity to build the tension between him and Boba, especially because half of the audience was getting introduced to Cad Bane for the first time. So I'm very disappointed on that end. Uh, It felt like his introduction to the show added no value to the overall story, given that he was introduced to us in the last episode and that they just threw him in there so Boba could kill him to make Boba's character look cooler. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I agree with you here because I think the wasted opportunity is bring him in another content later, whether or not they plan on making a season two of Book of Boba Fett. I don't know. It seems like they kind of are. They're going to do that because with the last scene with Cobb Vanth and everything, I would assume they're going to do a second season. 
But I totally agree. I think they sh- we talked about this last episode. I think they should have mentioned him earlier and made that relationship between him and Boba actually feel real. Because if you haven't watched Clone Wars, you don't get it, you know? And that has to fill in a lot of the gaps, but you can't assume your audience has watched all of that. And he is very cool. I thought he uh, he was an amazing part of this episode. Like, just added such a tense element, which I think most of the episode lacked, but he brought in some good tension. And I think it was just, if he is dead, which I don't know that he is, that's kind of a, a kind of a waste. It's kind of like a buildup to, to nothing. Um, and he's, he's such a good, I think it's a better thing to have like, oh, he's gone and now we've 100% set this up for later. Like, you got to let your audience know that that's, you know, that's a possibility. So I, I definitely am annoyed that like, that's kind of how they handled it. And also like, I think it would have had more weight because you can kind of tell they were trying to do some kind of transition with Boba with his helmet off. He's not this bounty hunter anymore. They've been trying to kind of show us how Boba's transformed, which I think they missed the mark a little bit on that. But I I get what they were trying to do. I just don't think it was communicated in the best way. But I think it would have had more weight behind that kill if he did, you know, in that last scene, if Cad Bane was the one to have killed the Tuscans, right? If they would have revealed that. Because that has that was like oh now Boba's really pissed and that's what motivates him to get up and like actually kill him and he has his helmet off and he's he's now starting his new life as like a reborn Tuscan almost you know what I mean like because his helmet's off and he's using this ghillie stick whatever that is called yes Gaffy so uh, yeah I agree I think uh, I don't know that he's he's dead necessarily but also that brings up a problem for me which is can any characters die in in this show like does everyone have plot armor because same thing happened with Cobb Vanth. Everyone in the show. Cobb Vanth, Fennec, she also got brought back to life. Boba escapes the Sarlacc pit. And Cad Bane, if he's still alive, it's like, does anyone actually die? Is there any like anything actually at stake here? And I think this highlights the whole problem with this episode um, and kind of the show in general, which is there was – I didn't feel worried for anybody at any point. Yeah. Like in the fight scene, which I, I thought was a little too long because it was like – it was a slow-paced fight scene. Uh there wasn't weight behind it. I wasn't worried for Boba and Mando at any point. These things are moving super slow and they're just like walking from one side to the next, to the next, to the next. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this isn't like, they're not in trouble. They've, they've got a hold on this. Like it's funny is in this show, they really wrote Boba off in his own series. And that expected us to be worried for him in the finale after, right. after two episodes away from him. And you know, and I do I do want to get back on the topic of the the Cad Bane stuff, but you're right. I didn't feel the stakes. And I even said this in my reaction video. I'm like, I'm not scared for anybody. If I'm scared for anybody, it's Din and it's Cad Bane. It's not Boba. It's not Fennec. I, I'm just I'm like, I'm not worried that any of these characters are going to die. And further to that, they didn't even kill like the, the Twi'lek guy. Like even, and they, that is the one character they should have killed. I know, but I say this. I'm like, just kill this guy. I can't like, stand him. I hate that guy. They should have killed him, and they didn't kill him at all. And so everybody's good and fine at the end, save for Cad Bane, which I think is an unopened bag still, and we need to get into that. But like, you're right. I didn't. I didn't feel the stakes. I didn't feel the fear. I didn't fear feel the the weight. And I feel like a lot of that was because of the lack of the story setup. And because yeah. they didn't incorporate these elements in the show super early, like in the case of Cad Bane, like had they introduced Cad Bane in, or I'm sorry, didn't have to introduce him. Had they hinted at Cad Bane in the second episode by giving Boba this in-depth flashback about how he was passed off from bounty hunter to bounty hunter. And then we see a flashback with Cad Bane and then 
you like flash forward to modern day and Boba finds out that these people were murdered like on the other side of the village. And he's like, I know these tactics. Yeah. And he's like, but I'm not sure if it's who I think it is. And then you reveal it to be Cad Bane. And then you're like, oh, my God, not only is it Cad Bane, but he killed the Tuscans. And now Bo was all pissed off. He he wants his revenge. But like we didn't get those points of setup. So by the time that we got to like Cad Bane's supposed death, for example, it didn't feel earned because the weight of it hadn't been set up. And they turned Cad Bane into what I think is just another villain of the week, you know, because half of the viewers watching this show have not seen Clone Wars. Half of them have seen Clone Wars. The other half of them have not seen Clone Wars. And the show is assuming that we've had this episode where we saw Cad Bane raise Boba Fett. But in reality, it's still pretty theoretical for the audience that has seen Clone Wars because it was an unfinished reel and they're acting like that unfinished reel was completed and we saw it and we have all of this information regarding Cad Bane and Boba's duel in particular, but they didn't set that up to a point or build the weight or the tension or the story around it to the point where we felt like a narrative was completed with Cad Bane's death. I agree. And I think Boba and Cad Bane had a very interesting rapport in that first standoff, but it's like, God, that would a waste. Cause like we could have had him earlier on here. Cause it is interesting to hear them talk and like, you get the references to like, you're, Oh, you're not your father or like, Oh, you're an old man now, that kind of stuff. It's like, Oh, that's so cool. But I wish we had more of that. And I think they just kind of treated the whole episode with kid gloves in a way. Like it was just very safely played, which is what I would kind of expect from someone who um, directs spy kids. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's more made for kids and there's not as many risky. There wasn't very, very much risk taken with this episode. I don't think mine, except for the twirl, the twirl was a risk and I think it landed. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I mean, it does. It does feel very, very safe. And it just kind of feels like like they didn't care as well. I, I kind of get a really strong notion that they didn't care to tell this story with like Cad Bane and Boba in a really compelling way that would have made the audience feel fulfilled, you know, because Clone Wars st fans still need a lot of closure with Bane and Boba. We have all of these implications of how close their stories are tied because of the common denominator, which is Django. But then, like, yeah. the other half of the fans who haven't seen Clone Wars don't even get that. And so they're kind of like, oh, you introduce somebody cool and then you kill them. Oh, well, I'm, I'm not frustrated with Cad Bane's death at the end of the day because I always felt like it was going to involve, yeah, death in quotation marks at the end of the day because I always felt like it was going to involve Boba somehow. But I am extremely frustrated that they seemingly brought Cad Bane into the show the episode prior only to have him meet his demise in this episode with absolutely no value to the overarching story of Boba. And in a way, I felt like it did not do justice to either character. I get you. I think what's concerning about it is it doesn't do justice to Boba, which is who this whole show is about. Right. And you and I talked about our criticisms for the last two episodes. It His character didn't feel complete by this episode. We didn't have motivations. You don't feel worried for him. You don't feel for him at all. You don't really exactly know who he is or what his motivations are or who he is as a person and how he's changed. You didn't really get that transformational element that they were that they were going for. And that was really highlighted with the Boba Cad Bane showdown. But I think it was also kind of showed, just to kind of move off the Cad Bane thing for a second, I think it was also showed with like the whole battle scene thing where it's like Boba 
kind of seems like an idiot. Like his plan sucked. He didn't think ahead. Like, yeah, when I'm, when I'm thinking of Boba Fett. You're like, oh, he's a badass. He's got control over all this. Like, and then you get that feeling from the teaser we had at the end of Mando season two, right? He comes in, he's ruthless, blasts what's his name, Bib Fortuna, and he's just like, I'm taking this. I'm the crime lord now. We didn't see any crime lord elements really <laughs> throughout this. He wasn't really a crime lord. He was just the Dymo, which is whatever. And I was just like, wow, what a loser. He didn't plan ahead. Like, you you have credits. Why don't you buy mercenaries? Like, I don't get – he's just like, oh, I guess we're just going to go f- out there and shoot and die with, with honor. Like, he should be a badass who's always one step ahead, kind of like what Cad Bane is. Like, he's a he's an intelligent dude, right? And, like, Boba's done this stuff before. Um, and But you still don't have any motivation for why he's doing any of this. And, like, why didn't you think ahead? You didn't – You've known that this was going to happen for a while. You think that like, oh, we're going to catch him off guard by staying here, whatever. And like, then they just, they totally, like there was no, there was no plan. (laughs) The whole show's about him. You'd think they'd give him a little bit more like intelligence, like before this, this big end fight scene. Not just that. He just accepted suggestions as they came. Like he didn't question them. Like that, that one mod guy that was like. Oh, you shouldn't stay at the base. It's not safe or whatever. And he was like yeah. giving a suggestion, and Bob was like, "Okay." <laughs> I was like, "What? Wait, yeah. you're not going to question this? Like, I don't no, well, know." Yeah, no, that's a perfect example. I thought he'd be like, "No, no, no, we're not doing that. Here's why. Here's what we're going to do." And then he comes up with a plan that's like super. He's like, he's totally relying on the people of of Freetown. It's like, dude, you're Boba Fett. Like, you have more connections than this. I would assume. Or right? he just was like, and then Din's like, "We can die with honor," and Boba's like, "Okay." Yeah, there's like, all right, yeah, we're just going to go out. Sorry, I messed up, but I guess we're going to die now. (laughs) What? That's it? Are you kidding me? You definitely don't have motivation now. So it's just that was really bizarre. And like, I just didn't feel for him the same way you feel for Mando. And that's a whole nother element to it, too. Like, Mando was an awesome, awesome. He outshined Boba. He he was kind of more of the main character here. Um, And... This kind of brings me to another point. I know we probably got to wrap up soon because we're, we're going forever, but there's a lot to talk about here. But like they kind of undid Mando season two. Yep. Like you have him in this show. He's great. He kind of overshadows. He definitely overshadows Boba. And then they just kind of undid everything from Mando season two. We have all this build up to him bringing him back to his kind, bringing Grogu back to his kind. He's also in the episode, by the way. Grogu was awesome. Like another star of the show. And then they just reunite. Which I thought was great. I'd love to see them reunite. I'm not knocking that. Like I'm, I'm happy to see it. But it's just like, then what was the point of Mando season two? I thought season one would be more about that. And again, building more tension. You know, like I didn't. I wanted to see him, them reunite in last episode, but and then Ahsoka tells him to go away, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you know what? I respect this decision in terms of storytelling. It's going to pay off a lot more later, and it did pay off a little bit because I'm happy to see them together. But it felt rushed, and a lot of these things felt rushed throughout the episode. It felt like they were trying to cram a lot in for the last episode, including the Din uh, Grogu reunion, including completing Boba's story, including Cad Bane dying. Um, and they didn't have to really do that. I just, it was filled with a lot of unnecessary like fight scenes and stuff like that. And I don't know. Uh, the pacing was really off with this. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree with you. It, I, I completely agree with you on that. On the whole, to play off what you're saying on the whole Din and Grogu thing, I believe that Din has value to Boba's story. They are connected and they do intertwine quite nicely. But in my opinion, as much as I loved the last two episodes, they did not belong in this show at all. In fact, I think they really, really hurt the finale, especially when you look at the inclusion of Grogu, which is a really personal storyline 
to Din Djarin. I mean, what's going to happen when you put Grogu and Boba Fett in the same scene? Who are people going to look at? They're going to look at Grogu. It's not going to be Boba Fett because like, oh, the little baby. Oh, is he going to go see his dad? Oh, look, they hugged. Oh, it's so cute. Like you are, you're taking the spotlight off of your title character in what should be his own show. And that's a huge problem, which is why I think like as much as, you know, you and I were praising the episode last week with Luke and Grogu and Din and Ahsoka, I don't think it had any place in the show. In fact, I think it would have been, and, and I get it, you can argue that it's good setup for Mando season three and the payoffs in that show. But in doing that, you kind of A, devalue what happened in the Mandalorian season two, like exactly like you said, I completely agree with that. And B, you make people care significantly less about your title character. And I think going into this finale, that's why I believe it was kind of a mess. Because you're trying to include all of these story threads and you please all of these different fans when in reality you should have just stuck to your title character, which was Boba Fett and Fennec Shand at the end of the day. And which, by the way, I don't know any more about Fennec Shand from when we started the show. Yeah. What's what's her backstory? No no backstory (laughs) whatsoever. You know nothing about her. And honestly, like, so I think we this is a good conversation to kind of good time to move the conversation to the kind of the series as a whole. But talking about the episode now, we're kind of talking about the series as a whole. They we didn't get to Fennec at all, and she's a cool character with some clunky dialogue here and there. And then what I thought was really weird is we don't even get a mention of Omega, which I thought was strange because all of Bad Batch, she's this mysterious character. You find out she's Boba's sister. Was that not supposed to tie in? Maybe they have bigger plans, but I'm I'm just a little confused. Like, why? What's the point of bringing that up? And then you have. Her brother in this new show we have, and it's not even mentioned. I didn't even think. I don't think you need to necessarily show her, but have some kind of mention. I would think, right? Like that was weird to me that they didn't they didn't bring this. I thought for sure we'd get some kind of mention and tie into Bad Batch, which would have been really cool in my opinion. Like tying in the live action to the animated show Bad Batch, like that was strange. Um, and so I just think overall, and this the overarching problem here or one of them at least, is having different directors really, and this goes back to what I was saying at the beginning of the show, having different directors really changes the tone of each episode. Um, You have Bryce Dallas Howard, who directed an amazing episode. Dave Filoni, who directed an amazing episode. Whoever directed the first episode, was that uh, Robert Rodriguez? I don't know, but I know the second episode that you and I both really liked was Steph Green. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you have these three different directors, but those episodes are all mutually exclusive almost, you know, like they all kind of stand on their own. And so if you don't have that cohesiveness, it's really hard to tell the whole story as one big picture. And then at the end of the season, go back and be like, wow, what a cool long story that was told over seven episodes. Mm. So that's my biggest critique with the show. Overall, I mean, obviously a disservice to a really cool character, Boba, who I now know what they were trying to do. They were trying to show how Boba's changed. He's not a bounty hunter anymore. He's He lived with the Tuscans for five years, which still wasn't communicated clearly enough. They didn't make that hit, which made their death seem a little bit more, more trivial. Like, I didn't know he was with them for five years until, like, the episode after. I'm like, oh, he's with them for five years. Okay, but, like, oh, all right. But now it's, like, retroactively feeling bad that he's been with them for five years. Yeah. And it's like not telling the story linear, linearly was like also weird. And um, it was just, it could have been better. I don't, I don't hate this season. I think it could have been way worse. Like there was a lot, they could have made way worse decisions. And we got some of the best Star Wars content ever in a couple of these episodes. However, the entire story looking at it 
retroactively. They just missed the mark on a, a couple of key things, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. I think I, gosh, I have a lot of thoughts, but at the end of the day, I feel like this show was a little bit of an afterthought, you know, and I felt like almost it was done to fulfill fans in between Mando season two and the time that they were waiting for Kenobi to come out. And I got the impression that it was kind of rushed, you know, some of these episodes, you know, and don't get me wrong. First two episodes, I thought were a hot start to the show. I, I truly t- thought they were a hot start to the series, and I felt good about the direction when they first started. But it kind of felt like some of the episodes were like written as first drafts of the scripts and then submitted and then produced instead of, you know, like being revised and looked at from a perspective of like, is this a good story? Does this make sense for Boba Fett? Are the inclusions of Nando and Luke and Ahsoka taking away or are they adding value to Boba Fett's story? You know, in my personal opinion, I think it should have been more more close to the heart. I think what they should have done is they should have made the direct conflict between Cad Bane and Boba Fett and the story with Jango and Boba trying to break away from the reputation that everybody holds him to with his father. I think the inclusion of Cobb Vanth makes sense. He's a character that's tied very closely on Tatooine and the politics of Tatooine. I think the Pikes were a good element. I think it was a massive missed opportunity with Crimson Dawn. You have the story thread right there and they didn't include it at all. And I thought it would have been perfect to have some sort of, you know, cameo at the end of the show, like Kira or somebody who's been like pulling the strings the entire time. I think they had a wonderful opportunity with Cad Bane and they absolutely squandered it. And I'm frustrated because you can look at the show and you can see the potential and you go, oh my God, that could have been so great. And, and, and you know, and you know, and you, you look at these fan theories and you look at what these people have to say and, oh, could this happen? Could this happen? Could this happen? But at the end of the day, fan theories, you know, things that I read about the show that got me pumped about the show, while they're fan theories, they should never be better than your show's actual product. And I feel like a lot of the fan theories and like what people were conjuring up we're better than what we actually got in this show. And that kind of makes me disappointed because I don't think like the actual content that we get should be subpar when compared to like, you know, what the fans are saying. And, you know, I guess a lot of people could come in and say like, oh, you shouldn't set your expectations too high. You know, you expect too much of this. You should have prepared yourself to be let down. It's like, no, I just think that like, if you have the opportunity for a good story here and people are calling out the ways to write the good story and then you get a finale that's like this, I think that's a problem. And so I I just the way I would describe this show is a heap of missed opportunity. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's 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 a fair point. And I think you also they also set themselves up for failure a little bit with these uh, the cool cameos in the last episode and the hype and a little bit of the poor storytelling at the beginning, not having that like uh, uh, setting up like the exposition of the show, not setting that up correctly, I think was a problem. But then having these awesome cameos and two awesome episodes kind of in the middle of the season before the end, you set yourself up for failure because how are you going to beat that in the last episode? What made Mando work so well is the, that last episode is like everything you could want from a Star Wars show, and it's the last episode of a season. So, of course, you're mm-hmm. going to look back on the entire season and think it's great. And it is great, by the way. The Mando story, the entire big picture there, is a is really well done. If you watch it from episode one to the end, like they're great, great stories that they're telling. And you 
develop a connection with the characters over over the course of the episode. And with this one, it was just it felt very segmented. There was a lot of stuff thrown in there. Definitely felt a little rushed at times. Um, and the execution just wasn't a hundred percent there. But that being said, I still enjoyed the show. I still enjoyed. I still enjoyed this episode. I know a lot of people hated it. I got a lot of entertainment out of it. And that's what at the end of the day, like that's what the television is is supposed to do. Like, it, we're, look at us talking about it for an hour and fifteen minutes now. Like, we've been talking about it, and in, in that respect, it's a success. You're getting people to talk about your show. Disney's still getting streams from it. And there were some amazing, amazing elements here with Luke and Ahsoka and Mando and Grogu and Boba Fett escaping the Sarlacc pit and blowing it up and the seismic charges and Gamorrean guards and mm -hmm. Slave One and Cad Bane and, um, you know, Fennec and seeing Tatooine in a different light, even though I still think we spent a little bit too much time on Tatooine. It just, um, it was, a, it was a little clunky, I think. That would be the best way I would describe the first season. A little clunky, and if we see a second season, maybe they'll pick, maybe they'll um, make up for some of these mistakes. So I, I think there's still like some hope to to give Boba some of the character development, character development that he deserves. Um, but I agree. I think overall, a lot of missed opportunities in this season. But I did enjoy it. Um, yeah, I'm not. I don't think it was the best series of, of television I've ever watched. But I did sincerely enjoy a lot of those episodes and it was it was entertaining I, I i won't lie i was definitely entertained by the show it's just kind of like when you see something can be really great and then they don't hit it it's easy to get frustrated and be like oh my gosh it was there you had it and i want it to be great at the end of the day and this episode kind of made me feel like how the sequel trilogy made me feel you know which is like empty where you're like, yeah. oh man, what was the point of that? You know, like, and it's not to say it's not had some of like the best Star Wars of all time. It truly has. Some of the elements in this show are insanely good. But my two favorite episodes had nothing to do with the title character. And I'm sad yeah. about that. And yeah. I, I feel bad for Boba Fett fans because I feel like they did Boba dirty. And I felt like they did injustice to his character. And I don't like feeling that way when I walk away from Star Wars. So I just want to see good stories and I don't feel like this was a super fulfilling story for me. I mean, with that being said, do you want to get into uh, theories and, and talk about a few theories? You know, the first things first being, do you think this show is going to get a season two? I think maybe. I don't think they know. I think that's why they kind of left it on a ambiguous note. I don't know if it's going to get renewed. I think they would have already announced it if it got a, a second season. Yep. And I think they did, they set it up for one with like, oh, here's the new band of people we're going to have. Um, and then Cobb Vanth at the end, it was a very uh, underwhelming cameo because they didn't want to put something big in there in case the show doesn't get renewed. And that's why they kind of left the door open of maybe Cad Bane's alive, maybe not kind of thing. So I don't necessarily think it will just given, mm, it could go either way. Maybe it gets renewed. I actually wouldn't mind seeing a second season. I'd be, I'd love to see more Star Wars content. And I think it'd give them more time to fix what they, um, some of the, the the missteps they took with this season, but they definitely set it up for one. I think in terms of uh, the way those ending shots were. I definitely agree with everything you just said. The only reason I would want to see a season two is for them to correct what I think are story mistakes, pretty big story mistakes and to do justice to Boba's character, because I think he deserves better. And that's the main reason I would want a season two. Yeah, um, and he felt he felt very different from Mando too. And this whole season, he felt. Oh like my really gosh! I, you know what? I rewatched the scene where Boba Fett and Mando go to get Bo-Katan and her little group of Merry Mandalorians in that bar, 
and Boba feels like an entirely different character. Yeah, he, does. he walks in and he starts laughing and he goes, don't toy with me, princess. And you're like, whoa, he's so badass and threatening. And I rewatched that. I meant to text you about this the other day. I was like, this is not the same guy at all. There is a huge tone change with Boba's personality and how he's presenting himself. He comes off very menacing and threatening. And I thought that was the tone they were going for in this series. But then we got what we got. And I'm like, oh, man, I can't imagine Boba Fett fans are thrilled about this. So, I mean, like, that's kind of why I would want to see a season two, you know, to kind of just like rectify what they missed and to tell a better story. Because I think the opportunity is still there, which leads me to the next thing. I think there's potential for Cad Bane to be alive. And I, I hope he's still alive because, again, my issue is not the fact that he died, so to speak. It's the fact that there was so much potential to make it meaningful to Boba and Cad Bane's stories, and they just didn't do it. So I don't know if you watched the video theories on this, but there's a whole theory that like Cad Bane had his chest light monitor, heart monitor thing going off. And the the shot was like lingering on it for a moment as they pulled away the camera and they panned out. I, a lot of people pointed out, like I was very cynical. I was like, Oh God, they just killed him. I'm so mad about it. But I think, I think that could be a interesting setup for the next season, especially because I watched that scene like three times after I saw the theory on it. And one of the things that like really rubbed me the wrong way is that Cad Bane spends that entire scene trying to convince Boba that he will be nothing but a cold-blooded killer, just like his father, to which Boba responds that, like, he's not a gutless murderer. And he's like, this is my city, and how he's trying to prove to Cad Bane that he's turned over a new leaf. Cad Bane says that he'll be nothing but a cold-blooded killer, only to have Boba come in and gut Cad Bane and prove his point. So if Cad Bane is actually dead, then... Boba Fett just proved Cad Bane's point about being a gutless murderer. So I was sitting there, I was like, that's a story thread that doesn't make sense. So that's also playing into my head. It's like Cad Bane could totally be alive based on that because if Boba kills him, then that totally detracts from Boba's character in and of itself. Yeah. So, I I mean, I don't know. I'm rambling at this point. What are your thoughts on that? I I agree with you. I I totally agree with you. Again, it goes back to not developing Boba's character enough. So he's kind of just all over the place, which is a shame. I just don't see the point, you know, at yeah, the end of look. the day with with Cad Bane and Boba and to have those conversations. Like if you're really trying to highlight the fact that Cad Bane's a selfish dude and he only cares about himself and he's going to be the same guy that he was 20 years ago and that Boba's changed. Great. But you can't have Cad Bane say a line like that and then have Boba gut him proving the exact thing that Cad Bane just said, which is he'll only be a cold-blooded killer just like his father so i'm like what is the dialogue here (laughs) yeah i know i mean it was not the most uh well thought out dialogue in that moment but you know we could talk about that cad bane and boba scene forever let's um do you have any more theories or anything i mean i guess we're we don't we don't really know i mean i i I think it's 50 50 on whether or not they renew for another season um i probably lean more towards no but they might, because I think the Omega thing is an interesting story thread they could go down. And if Cad Bane's not dead, that's another interesting antagonist for season two, potentially, which I would hope they would do. So I do hope they make a second season. I did enjoy this. It was entertaining. And it was fun to review. It was very fun to review. So I feel positive about it all around. But I think with all that said, I think we should get into see what the, the viewers had to say. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think we did theories before fan thoughts, guys. So sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. Well, they can kind of tie into the theories because they usually um, do have have some. So yeah, let's jump into some fan some fan thoughts. What do you think? I don't know. Do you want to start off, or do you want me to start off? Sure, I'll start off. There's a lot of thoughts on this episode, but we'll try <laughs> to get through a couple. We don't have a ton of time left. So, uh, Dart Kick said on our YouTube community page, which if you, this is how you, if you, by the way, if you guys want to share your thoughts with us, go to our YouTube community page. Um, we post after every episode. And you can let us know your thoughts there on our, our YouTube comments. But the community page is probably the best place to go, or you know, send us an email at um, another Star Wars Pod at gmail.com or Instagram, whatever. DM us or something, but that's how you can get in touch with us. <laughs> so yeah, Dart Kick says it was a good app in and of itself. I think the hype train overtook the show's expectations, and in the end, outside of crazy cameos and deep fakes, it was nearly impossible for them to live up to internet expectations. Um, I agree. This is something I actually I just said. They kind of set themselves up for, for failure a little bit after after that stuff. It's like you got so much hype, so it's going to be really hard to top that in the last episode. So I think that's a succinct and nicely put point, Dart Kick. What do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, how how the heck are you supposed to go from two banger episodes to like that finale, you know? And they weren't even about Boba Fett. Like, that's yeah. that's the problem by not making it about Boba Fett. It hurt the finale that was supposed to be about Boba Fett. But yeah, I do agree with that. I don't think I don't think expectations are bad, but when you give fans what I think was a lot of fan service, and especially in those last two episodes, they're going to have some pretty big expectations for the finale. So I do think it hurt it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's just read the second comment that pops up. Uh, it says the way they're treating, or I'm sorry, excuse me. The second uh, statement I see is from Keats Meister, I think is the username. Sorry, guys, I'm not good at this. If you watch our Bad Batch season one series, you know I suck at names. They say the way they're treating these shows at the moment, it's almost better to consider them as single Star Wars post Empire show where we spent time with different characters at different times, depending on the course of events, such as the way Game of Thrones did, where a plot thread may sit for several episodes or more before resuming. For me, the book of Boba Fett feels much like it started with a bucket list of scenes slash shots they thought would be cool and then cobbled it together from there. And while I've enjoyed it, I haven't been as enthused as I have been for The Mandalorian. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like they could have just titled this show the Star Wars show <laughs> and then yeah. gone from there because it does feel very cobbled together. It's like, oh, this would be cool to include. This would be cool to include. But it felt like a lot of just cool ideas with no point or weight behind them. And so I feel like that's part of the reason why I didn't feel like the finale was that great. It kind of felt very lackluster because the initial setup wasn't there for the title character. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. It was just clunky. Uh, and that's the, that's, I think the best word I can use to describe it was, it was a little clunky, you know? Doesn't Greedo say that in a new hope? He says McClunky. I think. <laughs> yeah, says McClunky. Yeah. McClunky. The whole uh, <laughs> book of Boba Fett was McClunky. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, let's move on to another one. Um, Preheated Music says it was good and had a lot of cool moments, but felt a little underwhelming at the end. I wasn't expecting any crazy cameos after we already got Luke and Ahsoka, but if they were going to introduce Cad Bane into live action, I really wish they would have brought him in earlier in the season instead yep. of immediately killing him off. A lot of the pacing was just off as well, but overall, <laughs> I enjoyed and hope we get a season two that focuses more on Boba and Fennec. Nail on the head. I, I Preheated Music, love that thought. I, I well, This is exactly what we talked about. I totally agree with everything you said here. I wish they wouldn't have, you know 
immediately killed him off, and the pacing was off too. But I, I agree. Overall, I I enjoyed it. Like it's Star Wars content. I'm not going to be mad about it. And if they had a second season, I'd be happy. So, yeah, I think they. If any reason to have a second season, they need it to actually dive into the characters of Boba and Fennec, because yeah. I still don't know that much about either of them, and the sh- show's over. <laughs> so I feel like we're back at tier one. I think there's some redemptive qualities if we get a season two, which is the main reason why I would want it. The next question is, or statement, is from Danny Holland, and Danny Holland says, Overall, it was about what I expected. I think Disney would have had much less negative feedback if they had named it something else. Overall, I liked the series. It had some of the best Star Wars ever in episodes five and six. Episode seven was cool, but was definitely overshadowed coming off five and six. It had a lot of fun moments and I liked it, but I definitely see why it's getting some criticism. Again, nail on the head. Yeah, I think most people are going to agree with us. I think we agree with most of the, the, the fan critiques here. Yeah, it's uh, it did have some of the best Star Wars ever, but I don't know if I would necessarily put it under the title of Boba Fett. I I totally agree. It was again like just weirdly titled show, just some strange, just some strange <laughs> creative decisions, and and the name of the show was definitely one of those. Um, and I think that's actually brings us nicely to the next uh, comment we have from Derek Lugo, who says it was fun, but like also really dumb. <laughs> yeah. I felt like the only smart person in the entire show was Fennec Shand. Anyone who's seen a good, decent gangster movie is going to pick up on a lot of weirdly dumb decisions made by most of the characters. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts and criticisms toward the show as a whole. That said, I still had a ton of fun in the finale. And who doesn't think Din and Boba fighting together isn't cool? Boba on Rancor, flipping cool. Din using the Darksaber on a prequel mech, cool. And all the Din Grogu stuff was awesome, but I don't think it fits in Boba's overall narrative. Like, yeah, totally exactly. agree. Exactly. Yeah, totally agree with that. And I, I like your point about the decent gangster movie stuff. Like, there were some dumb decisions. That's kind of what I said with Boba. It's like, dude, you didn't plan anything. Like, you're the worst, like, leader ever. Like, you, I thought he'd have more of a crew. You know, I thought with the mods and, and stuff, I thought he would. they would have been, like, 30 of them or something. You know? But he's just kind of, like, sitting in Jabba's palace all by himself in his Polynesian spa. <laughs> like... It's just, I don't know. There wasn't really that gangster element that we wanted. And also, by the way, no Danny Trejo. We get him for one episode. <laughs> Come on. Where I would have liked to have seen the training with the Rancor, dude. I thought we were going to get that because it was implied. And then we never got him training with D- Danny Trejo, which would have yeah. been amazing. But we never got that. So I'm yeah. disappointed. Yeah, a little I'm disappointed. disappointed. Uh, the, the next comment is from DiMaggio. DiMaggio? How do you say that? I don't know. DiMaggio. Um, I don't know. DiMaggio. I don't know. And they say, I give that last episode a 3.8 out of 5. My favorite thing about this series was the main theme music. The music was awesome. No qualms with the music. Ludwig, what's his name? I I don't know how to pronounce your last name, dude. And so I'm not going to try. (laughs) Ludwig and Beethoven. Uh, His music is flawless. I think it's incredible. I think he's a fantastic addition to the Star Wars universe. I think he upholds John Williams's legacy very well while still making it his own. And it was brilliant. So I have no complaints about the uh, music, but yeah, that episode left much to be desired. That season finale left much to be desired. Yeah, I agree. It definitely left uh, left on a, a strange, a strange note, but I still enjoyed it. Brandon Deeks says uh, finale seven out of 10 series, seven out of 10. Episodes not directed by Rodriguez were the best. Feels like he understands Disney better than Star Wars. Pacing and sound issues were noticeable in these episodes as well. 
Overall, it's a good story, but not great. Wanted more from the Tuscan arc. Built them up only to use as fodder off screen with no real resolve. Yep. Could have at least had the female survive to show up later with the unified tribes to run the interlopers off Tatooine. And Crimson Dawn could have shown up to assist the failing Pike Syndicate, making the whole series more epic and less small scale math. Very good points here, Brandon. I agree with you. I think um, Rodriguez, sorry, like I, I don't think he, he 100% fits in with telling Star Wars stories. No disrespect to him at all, but it, like the, the the you could just tell that someone who directed Spy Kids. And by the way, I didn't even know he directed Spy Kids. And in one of my reaction videos, I was like, "This feels like a Spy Kids movie." And of course, sure enough, it was a Robert Rodriguez episode. So that'll tell you everything you need to know. And then with the Tuscan arc thing, I totally agree. Like that, yeah. there was no real resolve to that. There was no weight behind it. It didn't. You didn't get the emotion that you wanted. And then that would have been a cool element, actually, to have the Tuscans come in and help Boba. Like, oh my god. Type. Like, Don't what even... a missed opportunity. Oh, man. Speaking of missed opportunities, how incredible would that have been if those were his backup? Yeah. You know, if if the Tuscan lady was somehow still alive and, you know, I don't know, Boba finds her and talks to her and he's like, you need to get out of here. Like, there's going to be, like, a battle or whatever, and I don't want to put you at that risk again. Like, I put our tribe at risk. And she's like, fine. And she leaves. And Boba thinks she leaves only to see that she's come back and brought reinforcements. That makes me so angry. <laughs> yeah. I know. Same. It, it's a definitely a missed opportunity. That would have been really, really cool to see the. That would also have tied it together a little bit better, I think. Gryffindor five two seven says, "I honestly wasn't expecting anything huge with this one. Not because the series was mediocre or lame in any way. I really just see this as an interlude for Mando's story because that's basically what it is. Everything from this Ahsoka and the canceled Rangers of the New Republic shows are all interludes to the massive story within the Mandalorian. Now, Ahsoka, I assume, will be longer, and since we're covering uncharted waters with Ahsoka." Um, we will be uncovering Uncharted Waters with Ahsoka more than we would with Boba. So I do expect that show to be better received. Uh, yeah, I feel like, I feel like they, they were like, oh, look at this chapter in Mando's story, <laughs> as opposed to it having to do anything with Boba. And he did feel really shoehorned. And I don't, I don't think the title was appropriate. They should have just titled it like Trials of Tatooine or something or something more vague. Yeah. Because as a Boba Fett show, I just don't think that it was very satisfactory. Yeah, it just felt a little um, like out of place in, in parts. Like like the episode, like the Luke episodes and the Mando episodes. It was like, what? I love this, and like, we've said this a million times, but like, what am I watching? You know, I love this, but weird. And this also kind of leads into another fan question, which I think this should be our last one. I mean, there's so there's like hundreds of comments we have on this stuff so we can't read all of them unfortunately guys but we appreciate it anthony youtube fan he's a friend of the show he he always comments some some interesting stuff so shout out to anthony youtube fan he says i liked it i didn't love it i think the series needed an eighth chapter so another one could have depicted the intrigue and strife of life in mos Espa, along with lord boba getting to new, know his new rancor i wouldn't mind a season two i really hope din jaren is taking grogu back to see luke now that they've had their reunion it's going to be very sobering and somewhat deflating if the Mandalorian saga successes ultimately in the end lead towards the sequel trilogy. It's a virtual narrative dead end. What do you think of that? I, I'm sorry. I kind of agree. You know, I'm in this weird boat where I, a lot of people are just kind of like, oh, all of this is tying in with like the sequel trilogy and that story. And I'm still on the fence. I'm like, I don't know if I want them to actually make the sequel trilogy narrative work because it's just so discombobulated and all over the place I'm, I'm sorry you guys this is personally the way I feel is I'm not one to say like 
retcon it, but it's just like, I just want a better story than how that trilogy ended up because I feel like it's a, a heap of wasted potential. And like, if you enjoyed it, great. I'm so happy for you. I'm not like trying to gaslight your enjoyment of it, but it's like, I've talked about this with so many people. And at the end of the day, it's just kind of like, I, I don't, I think the sequel trilogy is boring. Like, I just, I think it's, I think it's boring. I think it missed the mark into, and for me to feel like the Star Wars content now has to tie in with that is extremely frustrating to me, especially when I feel like it undermined everything that came before. It did, but I think what they're doing at least is they're trying to do justice to it because they know they, they messed up a bit because there were so many hands in the pot and people putting their fingers all over it, which ultimately destroys the creative vision of whoever wrote it, mm-hmm. which we don't even know what those original drafts look like. It could have been awesome. But I think what they're doing now with Mando is they're trying to rescue it a little bit, which I appreciate. And they're adding cool elements to tie into it and explain the cloning and, and all that stuff and, and tie it in a little bit more. So I don't hate it. I'm not a huge sequel fan of either the only one i really like kind of uh enjoy is the last one because it was the only one that seemed somewhat original to me um the other one the other ones have a couple cool scenes in them but overall uh, underwhelming storytelling and and a little bit of wasted potential in terms of new characters and new ideas and new stories that we could have done i mean i know there's new characters but it's essentially a new hope is the first one you know (laughs) like yeah not a whole lot of creativity in that in my personal opinion so I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to take Mando as its own. If they're able to tie some stuff in to help fix those stories a little bit more, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm cool with it. But I do feel like they did undo a lot of what season two of Mando was with this past episode. And that's a little frustrating to me, but fine. I mean, overall, the show, I'm still going to be positive about it and say that we got some amazing Star Wars content out of this. So I think that's kind of where I stand. And with that being said, we should we should give a review of what we think yeah. of this episode and uh, give a rating and then the season as a whole. So I'll give it over to you first. All right, let's do this. Let's get into our final verdict. So for this season finale episode, so as this episode is the season finale of Book of Boba Fett, I'm going to have to rate it a four out of 10. I thought wow, it was geez. probably my lowest rating. And the reason for that is because of the last two episodes. Because we spend two episodes away from Boba Fett, there's no buildup into this finale. And so I really feel like it was a, a jumbled mess with, with no story as the backbone, you know? I mean, like it had great elements, but like as a season finale, I thought it was pretty weak. And uh, so that's just my personal opinion on the season finale episode. As a Boba Fett show... <laughs> I'm probably going to have to say four or five out of 10 as a Boba Fett show, as a Boba Fett show, that's four or five out of 10 as Boba Fett, as a Star Wars show, it's eight out of 10. Okay. Because the elements in it, like all the story um, elements with like Grogu and like Luke and Ahsoka peak Star Wars, the Mandalorians episode peak Star Wars, the episode directed by Steph Green episode two peak Star Wars. And it's just a good Star Wars content, which is why I rate it eight out of 10. As a Boba Fett show, I don't know what the heck they were doing. That's why my rating is so low on that. And as the conclusion to a season finale on the book of Boba Fett, I don't think it was that strong because we spent so much time away from Boba Fett. So I'd have to say that those are my official ratings. The most positive one being as Star Wars content, it's like eight to 8.5. It's, it's good Star Wars content. To sum up the series as a whole, I think of a quote from A Tale of Two Cities, and that is, it is, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. (laughs) And 
that's probably the best way I can describe this series. I think it was the most inconsistent TV series I've ever watched. And it had some of the best of times and it had some of the worst of times. But I still enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. But what was the narrative? So that's that's my official uh, rating. Fun show, but a lot of missed opportunities from a narrative perspective. That's fair. Um, I'm a little bit more positive aspect of this one. I still enjoyed the episode and I still enjoyed the season. I think the episode, uh, overall, I, I thought the pacing was off. I thought they, it lacked, uh, grittiness and, and tension and emotion for the characters. I think it was the action scenes were a little excessively long and and it could have been filled in with better dialogue and and more completion of the characters however i did really like cad bane i enjoyed it was just fun to me it was like kind of just a fun episode mm -hmm. i didn't i don't feel like it really completed the story in a way that i had hoped but it would be hard to do that in just one hour because there were so many gaps that need to be needed to be filled in and, and character development that needed to be done but i still thought it was entertaining and for that reason i'm going to give it six point three i think so i think it was a little bit above average there was some really cool cad bane dialogue in there in moments which i enjoyed a lot and him talking with boba was good and obviously grogu and din grogu's like my favorite character in anything ever so i love him i think as the series overall i'll give it is this I'm, as a as a book of boba fett series yes as a book okay. of boba fett as the, as a tv show i'm gonna give it a 6.9 no, I'm between 6.9 and 7.1. I'll give it a 7.1, and here's why. The overall storytelling missed the mark in terms of what we wanted out of this character, and that's the main reason I'm, I'm docking points. However, it did get some of the best Star Wars content we have, so I think looking back on it, it is some must-watch Star Wars content. Yeah. If you're trying to catch up on all of that. So I think 7.1 overall, that's still a pretty good rating. It's still two points above average. Mm. Um, and that's mainly because of the Mando episode and the the Luke Ahsoka episode and Grogu being in it. And then a couple really cool scenes with Boba. Mm. Some, some scenes with the Tuscans and the train scene and him getting out of the Sarlacc pit and getting his ship back. Some awesome, awesome stuff there. I just think it, the name of the show is a little off for what it was. <laughs> Fair. But I, I did enjoy it. It was a fun watch and I had a lot of fun breaking it down. And it definitely kind of kept me on my toes. I didn't know really what to expect week after week, which I'm not sure is a good thing or a bad thing. But I feel positive about it overall. And if I hope, I hope, I actually do hope we get a second season so we can complete the Boba character more and and do justice by him. And, and same with Fennec. And they'll maybe they'll catch their rhythm on the next one. It's the first se season of a TV show. You can't expect it to be perfect. And I would like to see them come back and give it another shot and see what we can get out of it. Because that'll also mean more Star Wars content for us. Fair. Completely fair and valid. And I think that's a good analysis. The show has been incredibly fun to break down. I've I've really looked forward to it every week. And I'm not, again, you guys, I don't say what I say to be like a toxic person. I just, we say what we say because we want to be authentic and genuine and honest. And I'm not going to like sugarcoat the way I feel about something just because I'm afraid I'm going to offend somebody or that somebody's going to disagree with me. I feel like I owe it to you guys to be honest. And I know that Matt feels the same way. So with that being said, I think it was a great breakdown series. I, I don't know if Bad Batch is next or if it's just Kenobi because we did not get a Bad Batch release date. So I'm assuming it's going to be Kenobi. And if that's the case, that is a huge deal. 
but I don't know. I, I thought Bad Batch was going to be the interlude before that. So we're going to have to see. But as of right now, I'm going to assume our next breakdown series will be Kenobi. Yeah, well, I'm I'm really hoping that I, I thought it was supposed to be spring, but we haven't heard anything official yet. Right. So we don't know. Nope. But um, that'll it'll either be Bad Batch or Kenobi. Kenobi's I can't tell you how much hype we're going to have a lot of talking to do about those for sure. But in the meantime, we're going to have other content that'll come out. We're working on some stuff for the channel. We've grown it a decent amount in the last couple of weeks here, which has been fun. And if you're new to the channel, welcome. Feel free to comment and go to our other social media channels like Twitter and Instagram and engage with us because this is fun. It's been fun to do this and it's been fun to, to talk about this show and theorize and uh, get some amazing stuff out of it. Uh, last week's episode was just unbelievable and it's been a it's been a fun ride. So we, we got more content coming. Welcome to the channel if you're new. We're, we're happy to have you. And uh, don't fret. There'll still be plenty of Star Wars content coming your way um, before Kenobi. Yeah. So if you are, uh, if you haven't subscribed yet and you're watching this for the first time, please uh, click subscribe on the YouTube. Uh, or if you're listening to on Spotify, welcome. Please give us a review. Click the bell, the notification bell on YouTube if you're there too, so you get notified of when our videos come up. Um, you can also follow our Instagram and Twitter at, and TikTok at star underscore wars underscore pod. And you can also email us at another Star Wars pod at gmail.com. Com. That's it for our Book of Boba Fett breakdown. It went by really quick, but I had a blast doing it. Melissa, I think you did too. I did as well. We'll see you guys. Uh, we'll see you guys soon. We'll uh, we have lots of ideas and lots of stuff coming up in the woodwork, and we're excited to keep growing this thing. And you guys can, are here for the ride with us. So thanks for your participation too. That's another thing I'd like to say. Thanks for your participation in these last couple of weeks. It's been really fun. I've really enjoyed reading your comments and your theories, and you help me think about these things differently too. And we agree on some stuff and we disagree on some stuff, but that's what makes it fun and that's what makes it engaging. So appreciate you guys. And um, we'll see you on our next episode. We don't know when it's going to be yet, but it'll be hopefully sometime uh, next week. Yeah, prayer, prayer circle for the Kenobi trailer, guys. <laughs> we'll have to do some reaction videos for that. I can't wait. It'll be hard to ignore it when it first yeah. comes out. Prayer yeah. circle, we get that on Sunday because that would be awesome. But basically everything Matt said, we love you guys. We appreciate your participation so much. We will still be active. Uh, but until we get to our next breakdown series, I hope you guys enjoy the ride and we'll see you next time. May the force be with you. See you guys later.